0: I have seen him play, though, in high school and college, and his, he was one of the most highly touted stars coming out of Ohio, and he just kind of didn't put it together at the NBA level yet, but the talent and the potential is still there. It's so hard to say
1: goodbye
0: to yesterday. I miss I'm going to miss the Johnson. Raptors fans, we have a signing. I know most of you are pissed off that it's been a quiet off season. you know, we didn't get Kevin Durant. We didn't get Al Horford, all the trades and everything he made in 2K didn't happen, but we did sign Jared Sullinger. Woo! I mean, yeah, huge celebration. As always, I'm joined by Damar Grant here on the Raptors Podcast, uh, brought to you by Tip of the Tower. Damar, what are your thoughts on Jared Sullinger? I mean, he's a Columbus, Ohio kid, through and through, went to high school there. Um, He's an Ohio State Buckeye. He's a big guy, 260 pounds, 6'9". Thoughts on a 24-year-old? That
1: 260 is a misnomer,
0: for sure. This is like... (laughs)
1: It's not, not it's like it's sort of a joke, but it's kind of not because that was like the, one of the major reasons why the Celtics uh, let him go.
0: Yeah, well, I feel like his weight has always been something that's kind of been hidden, where you don't know what it is. You just kind of see him at a game and you go, "Whoa, Jared, you've been eating a little bit." So, I feel like two eighty
1: is appropriate. Yeah, two seventy-five, two eighty, like two eighty, because they've been trying to get him down to two sixty-five for a couple years now. Well, he's got that Glenn Davis figure. Yeah. Is that a figure, though? Is that Uh, just like... It's gotta be. (laughs) It feels like he's just eating a ton of food, dude.
0: He's the new big baby of Toronto. How how about that? I mean,
1: you know, I like big baby. I liked him, past tense, you know. But now I don't know if
0: if we can afford to have a big baby on our team. He literally disappeared at the NBA, though, Glenn Davis. He was like, here yesterday, gone tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we... But how does the saying go, it's too too hard to say goodbye to yesterday?
0: (laughs) That's very fitting with Glenn Davis. (laughs) Okay, when you look at Jared Soldier, though, how does he fit in with the Toronto Raptors here? He's kind of a stretch four, probably a stretch five, and small ball sets, but how do you see him fitting in with this team?
1: This is like square peg, round hole for me. Like, the more, like, you know, when we made the transaction, or not the transaction, the acquisition... The first thought I, was, I had through my mind I was like, all right, pretty, pretty, pretty good power forward, you know, we got some, some mid-range jumpers, you know, okay defense, and then the more and more I thought about him, I'm like, he's probably too large to cover power forwards, like athletic power forwards, so he's going to have to play center, but then, you know, Jonas is playing center, and, uh, you know, him guarding centers at 6'8 is, is an ideal, honestly, so... Uh, you know, the more and more I thought about him, like he doesn't shoot the three well anymore, or at all, ever. Like twenty eight, <laughs> he
0: shot twenty
1: eight percent. Yes, last year.
0: Yeah, he's a career twenty seven percent shooter. So
1: yeah, from three. Yeah, so you know, people call him a stretch four. He's more of a, like a stretch mark four at this point, and it's kind of sad.
0: Which is kind of interesting because he's never really played with a traditional center either, so he's kind of had to. I guess, be that stretch four, if you want to call him that, because Boston plays a little bit of a different style. But in Toronto now, he's going to move over and play with two traditional centers. It's either going to be with Jacopoto or Jonas Valanciunas, and I don't know how he's going to adjust to playing with those guys. Maybe he'll get more open looks and less uh, responsibilities on the glass. Like He's a good rebounder, a but problem.
1: playing with... The... If, he gets respons- if he gets less responsibilities yeah. on the glass, that's actually a problem, because this is like one of his best That's his
0: strength. Yeah. Yeah, like, That's why I kind of found him as a weird fit.
1: It's like those baseball glove mittens, you know, like every time the ball comes off the rim, it feels like it comes straight into his hand.
0: Yeah. So I just, well, Brad Stevens had some interesting things to say about him, though, When uh, on losing him. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, Obviously, when we get Al, that made us make hard decisions. And the thing that stinks about that is having to move on and move forward, both for him and us. But he'll do great. Jared's one of the most talented guys being able to get the ball at the glass, and he's got a beautiful touch, and he's a good guy. And so I think he'll do well. So that's Brad Stevens talking about the departure of Jared Sollinger, who is now a Toronto Raptor. Right. Pretty nice things to say. It's kind of reiterating a lot of things that you just said about him. Yeah, but that
1: beautiful touch thing is also a lie. You should say, like, I would say, what is it, like 50% Like near the rim? That's not very good, dude.
0: <laughs> Man. <laughs> Having seen him play, though, in high school and college, and his he was one of the most highly touted stars coming out of Ohio. And... He just kind of didn't put it together at the NBA level yet, but the talent and the potential is still there. So I feel like maybe he's one of those guys that lights it up in practice with a great touch and you just put him in the game and it doesn't translate. Maybe in Toronto that can finally come to fruition and translate into something we see not just in practice, but in games.
1: He's going to have to lose the weight, man, because he's not going to be able to guard fours. And he's going to end up having to guard fours because he's too small to guard uh, centers and there's already two, two centers on the team, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, the weight is obviously what controls everything here. I have a feeling the Raptors, when they met with him and probably negotiated his contract, they told him, look, you need to be at this weight come camp or somewhere around here or else this isn't going to work.
1: Yeah, that's probably... I
0: could see them negotiating that.
1: That's probably true. That's probably also why he only got signed for one year.
0: Yeah, one year. They used the mid-level exception on him, so Mark Stein reported first that it was for 6 mil, but the Raptors don't have 6 mil in cap space. They would have to renounce the rights to everybody they have in order to even clear 5.1 mil in space. So... It was later reported by Ryan Wolf out of the Sun that they used their mid-level exception, which is like just shy of 5.6 yeah, it's like, mil. Yeah,
1: so, 5.6. Um, yeah, so.
0: that's a pretty good deal for like a, um, I guess, a low-risk, somewhat decent ceiling player.
1: This is really a a prove-it contract for him.
0: Kind of like Bionbo last year.
1: Yeah, but like this one is even worse because if he doesn't perform under this contract, like, and that weight still becomes a problem, he'll be at age 25, and not. Been able to like produce at all. Like He doesn't shoot the three well. He rebounds, but rebounding isn't like, you know, like it's not a, an asset at his position. Um, yep.
0: I feel like he's going to, if this doesn't work out, he's going to fall in that Anthony Bennett territory. He's going to fall out and, of the league, dude. Yeah, literally, where he can't get a deal because teams are going to question his ability to stay in shape. If you're not in shape and you can't get up and down the court, they can't use you, period. But then if you don't have a great shot, you don't do anything overly well aside from maybe rebounding. It's, it's just hard to use a guy like that. I mean, you can't just J.J. Hickson it up and just try and clean up on the glass and rebound all day. Like that, that kind of player doesn't fit in the new NBA right now.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate.
0: What do you think about this, though, if they use him in kind of a role that Luis Scola was last year where a lot of times they would use Louis Scola on pick and pops on the elbow where he'd kind of either slash, he'd dive to the net or he'd kind of fade out into the corner and get those open threes that we saw so many times. It, I feel like Solinger could maybe make a couple of those if he was using a similar role.
1: Yeah, me too, but uh his percentage, you know, 28% from 3. I guess he's it's going to climb into the thing. You can't expect it to climb to like mid 30s. It's probably going to be like a low 30. you know, from 3.
0: Point Which first. I think would be okay. I think I think mid 30s would be realistic cuz if you use a lot of advanced metrics and really look into his three-point shots, a lot of them are more difficult shots. Like what analytically they're considered more difficult shots. Right. I feel like corner shots generally do raise your percentage up. They're considered an easier shot. Right, right. If he gets more of those, I think that would help.
1: Yeah, it definitely would. I think you're right. We'll see, man. I'm just I'm I'm just like highly skeptical about his uh, ability to just even stay on the floor because you know, the weight thing is also a problem in conditioning, right? 'Cause huge problem. You know, it's like a diet but it's also an exercise issue, so and he's also had that back injury that ended his season, so there's just so many question marks, man. I was just like, every time I think about this this player, I'm just like, well, what about this? Or how about that? Or what about this? And then I'm just like, you just make a mistake. And <laughs> but it, it's kind of hard to make a mistake mistake at this point because the free agency class is like severely diminished and pretty much the only person left out there.
0: See, that's the thing when I look at what Masai Jerry did here, waiting for teams to kind of get in this RFA trouble where they have to decide who they want to keep on the roster. Obviously, Boston was one of those teams that teams had highlighted to watch. A guy like Jared Sollinger, if they would have done this earlier in Boston, he would have got anywhere from 8 to $12 million in the open market just based on the way guys were getting paid. To get him at one year and $5.6 million Allen, fantastic value.
1: Yo, the Allen Crab contract. It's huge. <laughs> I love that. Even Alex.
0: Tyler Johnson, man. Yeah. Tyler Johnson. like
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is a pretty good strategy by Masai. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, as usual. But, like, I don't... Yeah. Let's just say he he planned this and give him some credit for it. But,
0: you know. I think most definitely he did. I He's never been a guy to listen to the fan noise about how they need this, they need that, we want this. Like, this whole talk about no confidence in Masai... Look at this year's free agent class. I know this is something you and I have talked about numerous times off the air where it's like, look at this year's free agent class. There's 30 teams vying for Kevin Durant and Al Horford. Next year, look at all the free agents oh, available. Oh, it's so tasty. It's way better. You might as well keep the flexibility, and if you whiff on the big names, which the Raptors generally do, the second tier guys are pretty damn good. <laughs> <much>. <laughs> I mean, Gordon Hayward is considered like the sixth best free agent next year.
1: Yeah, he's really good, man.
0: Yeah, so... I don't know. Speaking of free agents, though, somebody who left the Raptors in free agency, um, actually somebody who took the time to speak with us at tip of the tower here on Friday night at the Crown League is James Johnson. The James Johnson era is done in Toronto. Arguably the most polarizing player in this roster last year, especially amongst the fan base. He's no more. Your thoughts on uh, JJ heading south to Miami?
1: I'm going to miss him, mostly because of uh, his one dunk in Detroit over Andre Drummond. That joint <laughs> back and banged it on him. That was a le-
0: yeah. That was that's the thing.
1: I mean, it's kind of like a legendary moment, just for him in general. But it's also like pretty iconic for the Raptors. You know, it's just like one of the. It seems like Toronto is like becoming this place known for dunks. You know, like Vince Carter, Terrence Ross, DeMar DeRozan, James Johnson. It's just like that's what we do in Toronto. We just dunk on fools.
0: Yeah, we've had some really athletic guys come through here and just really throw it down. So, yeah, man, I, I do feel like he was a bit disappointing, underwhelming, dare I say underutilized, as he said. I just feel like there, there was a lot left to be desired with James Johnson. Would, would that be fair to say? Like what? Well, we look at him, he has the tools, right? I mean, he's got length. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. Kind of a non-shooter. But when you look at a lot of things that he had, if he could have just somehow developed into a D and 3 kind of guy, mm-hmm. which is I think a lot of people were hoping for, that would have been great. Like you just look at him physically and you go, Okay, this guy has all the tools you'd want for the new NBA.
1: Yeah, but you said it, just,
0: it never panned out.
1: Said it, non shooter, bro.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. And I feel like that's why there's so much that was to be desired with him, 'cause he just he had everything but that.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> so you need to have you need to you just need to be able to shoot now. Like it's just like an impossibility to exist in the league other than a center to be like a, a productive player on a playoff or championship team if you can't shoot you have to be able to shoot
0: yeah you gotta at least have i'd say
1: you gotta shoot at least it from at least from mid-range
0: at the very least and on a on a roster construction as a whole i think you need at least seven guys that can shoot the ball yeah i'm not talking like 40 percent here from like, like three and you know
1: but they have to mid
0: 50 percent shooters but they got to be able to stroke it a little yeah, bit Yeah, they
1: just have to be able to, to shoot it away from like outside of the paint <laughs>
0: Yeah, just make defenses respect you.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. And he, has, he just wasn't able to do that. So that's why, you know, we have that, that, you know, that dunk is kind of a testament to him not being able to shoot. Because I'm pretty sure that dunk was off of a closeout where he couldn't shoot the ball.
0: Yeah, it was. It actually was. That's exactly what it was. Right? So, And it's, yeah, it's kind of like, it's funny how the two things that encapsulated his whole, I guess, two-year tenure here with the Raptors was that dunk. And it was his tweet where he said, you know, I'm mood underutilized. Mm-hmm. That was like really him in a nutshell. Although I feel like his role that he played this year, when he basically got stapled to the bench as a leader with the young guys, right. I feel like that kind of went. It didn't get enough credit. Like he did a great job mentoring some of these young yeah. players.
1: Yeah, that's one of the you know most underrated things about him is that uh, he's a great mentor. He's like really good with the fans too. So he's you know, he's able to connect with just like many different players. And being one of the older, he's not necessarily old, but being one of the older players on the team. You know, being able to just mentor the younger players, even if you are just on the bench the entire time. I think that's like an underrated aspect of being an NBA player, and he definitely personifies that. Man, He's, you could see it even not even just at, on the team, but you could even see it when he was at Crown League. You could see him like talking to the fans and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you had a chance to speak on the Crown League. Why don't you uh, fill everybody in there on what that was like?
1: It was pretty cool, man. It's a uh, you know my first on legitimately my first time personally speaking to an NBA player. I, and when I was speaking to him, it didn't feel like he was um an, like he didn't feel like he was outside of outside of who we were, like we were just like two people talking about basketball you know it didn't feel like he was uh, some sort of some sort of dude that is just doing this as his job he like he and really enjoyed being there at Crown league just to to support the city in general to see the fans you know the fans are cheering him on he's kind of he's kind of pandering to them a little bit it was pretty awesome,
0: oh most definitely he was. <laughs> But when you asked him about why he plays in the crown, like he kind of gave you an interesting answer. I mean, we'll we'll have the interview up afterwards. But if you want to kind of elaborate on what he told you, because I thought that was pretty compelling. Yeah, you
1: said because you know he's he's grown up from a time where, uh, or like in a time of poverty where he lived in poverty where there was never anybody that uh, came came to like where he lived and like gave back and played for played for him to see in any way. So just like opportunity to. Um, to flip the script, basically, and be able to show, like, other people, you know, that the NBA players are just people, and just to give back and be be an influence on the, his surroundings instead of just, like, not doing anything, just resting on his laurels, living in his house or whatever.
0: So, yeah, James Johnson will definitely be missed with the fans. I mean, he's an all-around stand-up guy, easy to talk to, and now, you know, who else is going to cock that joint back and bang on him, so it's kind of- that's something... We're going to miss. Yeah, it's
1: kind of sad, man. I'm kind of sad to see him leave because he was definitely a positive presence, not just for the, not just on the team, but like the community, fans. Everybody's the writing also, was on
0: the wall, though. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but, man. Cap-wise, it didn't fit.
1: Yeah, that's exactly, that's like perfectly correct. <laughs> that's perfectly correct, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. That's all
0: it was. Yeah, that's all it was was just salary cap. He just didn't fit financially or else he'd be back. I mean, can you blame the guy for taking a $4 million deal? Yep. All Toronto could have really offered him was maybe their mini mid-level exception at roughly 2.5 million. Yeah, it was like
1: 2.6, yeah. something like, like that. And if that's I'm, not worth it. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm like, I can, <laughs> I can do that. I can make that in other ways.
0: Go get your tax-free $4 million in Miami, man, live in and live in Florida. live in Miami, beach. yeah. It would yeah, be awesome. Like, come on. That's awesome. Well, those were the two big Raptors news. I mean, Jared Sollinger and James Johnson, those were the two biggest things. But there's some other miscellaneous things that happened. Um, the Raptors are going to host the first ever NBA preseason game involving an Argentine professional team. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, October 15th, they'll host San Lorenzo de Almagro. I apologize if I butchered that. At the ACC, um, the game's actually going to be aired internationally on League Pass, so... That, I. <laughs> The way the game is being portrayed everywhere across the world now, I figure that'll probably draw a pretty good rating.
1: It's going to be awesome, man. It's, it's great to see, you know, uh, other leagues connecting with each other, even though it's just for one game, just to see, you know, it's like a, a way to test your mettle, to see how the two teams uh, line up against each other.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see Norm Powell just kind of go off in the preseason on him. I mean, the way he's playing in Summer League, will probably annihilate them. But they do have one player who is a former NBA player and... He might have had the best hair in NBA history. That's Walter herman <laughs> Yo,
1: I think you're you're underrated him a little bit, man. He has a bunch of accolades. He's a champion over there. You know, he was also the second. He was the second team. All he was the second NBA. I completely forgot the phrase.
0: All rookies, second
1: NBA, all rookies. second rookie, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> second team all rookie, right? Second team go. all rookie, right? In two thousand, I think it was
0: two thousand seven. So, you know, yeah, it was six seven. That was his rookie year. You know? With Charlotte, I mean, if you want to go a little further, he's a thirty-eight percent career three-point shooter. So, yeah, man, don't don't undersell him just because he
1: has great hair. You
0: know? <sighs> the guy got like his brain what? Maybe...
1: His brains and ability behind the beauty.
0: Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, he only got like thirteen minutes of burn a night, roughly in the NBA. So. I, I I feel like there's a there's not everything he's cracked up to be, but he's, also he's had he's basically the two time was he, I think you said he was a two time MVP in the Argentine league. Yes,
1: 2001 yeah, 2014, ball. thirteen years apart, man, that's pretty crazy.
0: Either way, it'll be cool to watch them play come the fall when they come here to play in October. So, thought that was pretty cool. Um, they also had some other news in the D League with the 905. It looks like the Raptors 905 are going to host the D League showcase at the Hershey Center in 2017. Basically, what that is for those unfamiliar, it's an in-season tournament in the D League where every team in the D League comes to what would be the Hershey Center here in Mississauga. They play two games each, and it's just a big tournament that showcases all the D League players just before the window opens up for teams to offer these players ten-day contracts. So the Raptors 905 went 0-2 last year, but they fare pretty well. Um, for fans here in Mississauga, I'd strongly encourage you to go see it. Guys like Shannon Scott last year, players that you don't get to see often play at the NBA level because they're just a 14th, 15th man roster, they showcase in these games. And there's a lot of talent to go around and watch, so I think that's something pretty cool that fans will enjoy here in the city.
1: It's also a great way to see like, players that would be making it out of the D-League to make it to the NBA. You know, the Raptors have a lot of players that do that.
0: Tons. Yeah, so. Tons. And I'm, I'm sure Bruno will be another guy down there that's going to be showcased still. I don't...
1: <laughs> I need more Bruno. In
0: th- yeah, we'll get into that. You we need we'll, more Bruno. We'll get in...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. We'll get into Summer League talk, because I feel like both of us have a lot to say about Bruno, Norm Powell, DeLon Wright, who looks great. I just, I feel like there's some Summer League talk there that we'll get into okay. in a couple minutes here. Okay. <laughs> um, should we give them a salary cap update now that the signings are there? I feel like that might be appropriate. Sure.
1: They only have about, like, what, the biannual left, and they have, like, about 5.5 5 million left in caps, salary cap space. So. They...
0: Well, that's only if they renounce the rights, though, okay. to, like, Scola... Jason Thompson and Nando DiColo. It'd be like just over 5 million cap space if they renounce the rights. Right. So basically, right now, because they use their mid level assigned Sellinger, now they can sign DeMar DeRozan anytime because they're going to exceed the salary cap. So they can do that whenever they want now. And like you were saying, they still have the 2.2 biannual exception. They have the minimum exception left to sign a player as a 15th man. Mm-hmm. So basically, if they see somebody they like in the D League or Summer League here, they can they can add him on as like a 15th man. Yeah. Um, If they wanted to bring Skola and Jason Thompson back, they can use their non-Bird rights to bring them back on a cheap deal. There's a certain scale that they can kind of go over to to make them fit in this whole grand scheme of the salary cap here. And for the thing that I know every Raptors fan loves to talk about, and they preach to me all the time how ownership says, they said they can be a luxury tax team. They're not afraid (laughs) to pay the tax. Yes, we're aware. But the way they're in right now and their salary cap is all structured They have to follow the rule with the CBA, where they have to match salary and trades, and they cannot exceed 117 million dollars in salary, approximately. So, for all of you out there that feel they can go into the salary, they can go into the luxury tax. I encourage you to fire up Trade Machine on ESPN.com and start putting up deals, and then send them our way, and just just let me know what we can get. But don't be so quick to say that they're going to go into luxury tax. It's a lot more complicated than just taking in an extra 10 million dollars of salary or. Basically, the 3-to-1 the ratio there and just making this 2K-like trade, it's it's a lot more complex than that. Yeah. So it's... that's that's the gist of their salary cap. Also, with uh, you know,
1: the renouncing of players' uh, salaries, is, is Scola just retiring now? or
0: That's interesting, because I see when this Argentine team comes, right, Like, you figure he's got to have some influence in that as well. I mean, mm. he is here. Maybe he'll play in that game if he's still on the team?
1: Right. I, I don't know, because they haven't said they're re-signing him haven't said that they're renouncing him. It's kinda of yeah, like I, stuck in limbo and I don't really see a market for Scola, to be honest right now.
0: Maybe he takes the veteran minimum and stays here.
1: That'd be interest that'd be pretty cool. You know?
0: Like Yeah, take like a cheap like one year more, I don't know, less than two mil.
1: More than lock, locker room presence. More locker room presence.
0: Yeah, maybe he's a guy that could really help Bebe, Bruno, the young guys kinda of replace what we were saying James Johnson was doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's completely different, like, character. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's way different. James Johnson's totally different. is like, more... How do I say this? I don't want to say sophisticated, because James Johnson Holes, is, he's is very well put together. Yeah, he's wholesome. Whereas James Johnson, man, like, I might see this guy in Rexdale, or, like, yeah, he's, like Jaden Finch or somewhere playing ball. He's just...
1: Yeah, he reminds, me he's of, out there. he reminds me of just, like, a Torontonian in general. So that's why... I, <laughs> I think that's why it's really easy for, like, the players to relate to him, because he's, like... He's not old, you know? He's, like, 29, so...
0: Oh, James Johnson embraced the whole six-man to the fullest.
1: Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you, unfortunately, James Johnson's leaving, but they'll have Louis Scola, you know, maybe we'll talk about some wine, maybe some paintings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, speaking of, like, the way he is more wholesome, he did a pretty cool thing last year. Um, it was in the paper, they were talking about how when he first came here with his family, they weren't very familiar with Tron on the GTA, and they didn't realize how big it is. So what they would do on their off days or their off weekends is they would kind of – Get a map of the GTA and just pick random places, and all of them would get in the car as a family and just go check out these places. So, okay, that was pretty cool when they were doing that.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun team building moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty cool for school to kind of get used to the city and acclimate himself with the greater Toronto area. I thought that was pretty cool. You
1: know who else is, like, really into those team building moments nowadays? Bebe. Have you seen those uh, the, the interviews? Some really the good interviews? They're yeah. hilarious,
0: man. <laughs>
1: Dude, I've seen. Um, I've seen him and uh, Pascal Siakam just like chumming it up, you know. He may, you know, after his career is over, it's he's at the beginning of his career. But when it's over, I can see him doing a little bit of interviews.
0: I feel like he's trying to get into that man. He's got the hair, you know. I know he's. If people want to see the videos, you can go on Raptors Republic uh, because he was taking Blake Murphy's mic. Blake Murphy does awesome work over there, by the way. You can just go and check all that out. It's it's all there for you to watch. It's pretty funny the way he's talking with Pascal, but. I think you're to something there with him trying to get into maybe the media after his playing days.
1: He's going to be so dope, man. The hair, the hair and the tattoos like kind of make him stand out. And in he's everything. got like that
0: whole like European wardrobe he likes to wear. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: man. did you the, <laughs> the blue tank top that he was wearing in that in that in, in that interview was hilarious.
0: He's a character. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be that choker in the locker room, that funny guy.
1: Yeah, so having him around, you know. Again, another person that can just be there to help bring up the team chemistry in the locker room.
0: I kind of get the vibe that we're both thinking the Raptors are going to that old Pistons route where they're going to value team chemistry and fit over talent.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I guess they're at that point because they can't get any other talent other than the stuff that they have at this point, unless they make a trade. Yeah, unless they I feel like we just
0: keep like... Well, that's true. The trade is possible, but... I feel like we kind of keep subliminally hinting at that here. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't realize it. I mean, the,
1: only, the, only like, the, the only way they can get better at this point, they're going to be capped out completely. They just have to get better from inside and like through the D-League affiliate. There's no way for yes. them to sign like a free agent unless they trade away a bunch of people. It's just, it's just the reality of the situation.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. But let's get into Summer League here for a little bit because... I know you kind of hinted at with Bebe there, but there's been some good play on the court from the Raptors. They're 3-0. and They're undefeated. They've been absolutely hammering teams. Right. Norm Powell, Summer League MVP. You know, he is...
1: He, okay, the thing is, the Raptors are so good like in the D-League because they're just like half of an NBA team at this point. Like, Norman Powell and Dylan Wright and then they have Koboklo and Jacopoto. Like, they actually have, like, significant players that would actually play in an an NBA game. Not all the teams have players like those, so that's why they're pretty much killing people. And Norman Powell is, like, far and away better than anybody else in the Summer League.
0: He looks like Dwayne Wade in the Summer League right now, dude. The way he's dominating guys, it's ridiculous.
1: Got all those Russell Westbrook uh, one-man fast breaks, you know, the grab-and-goes.
0: If our man crush on him isn't showing yet, I mean, just think of what we just compared him to. I, I said he looks like Dwayne Wade. You said he has Russell Westbrook crossovers.
1: The grab-and-goes? No, not the crossovers. <laughs> the grab-and-goes, man.
0: The grab-and-goes? Okay.
1: So, so like, coast-to-coast, coast, you know when, like, he grabs those rebounds, yeah. and then he just, like, attacks the rim? Still no left hand. Why Why doesn't he have a left hand yet? You, did you notice that? Like No, actually, have him. He finishes all of his layup, layups with his right hand never goes to his left hand. Even his dribble, his right right hand dominated. So he has to start with just like, you know, tie his right arm behind his back or something. Like, I need that left hand more often. That's hindering his finishing ability at the rim.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to pay attention to that now. The next game they play, I'm going to watch that a lot more because that never even crossed my mind. I'm just used to seeing him just dominate right now. And Generally, when I watch like a game, I try and watch more of not what the person with the ball is doing, the action. I try and watch what's going on without the ball. Just so you can see what kind of sets they're running, <clears throat> what kind of actions going on off the ball. I feel like that's that's more the game inside the game. You know what I, I prefer to watch that personally.
1: Yeah, me too. But well, this is this I, is a summer league. So I'm like looking at yeah. specific players and like what they do and I'm especially 'cause I did like an analysis on uh Norman Powell earlier earlier or last month where I was like looking at his game specifically and I'm like he, he only finishes with his right hand. So I need more left hands from him. More left hands, more floaters. He still doesn't have a floater yet.
0: Dude. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. He kind of settles for that mid-range that's not quite there yet, but yeah. it's coming. Everything's coming. He's still young. He's still so young, and he's going to blossom into what we hope is kind of the next, I don't want to use the word superstar, but at least a starter, an everyday he looks, starter.
1: Yeah, he looks like a very, like, he looks, even right now, you could play him as a starter, I feel like.
0: I think he could. I think he'd get away with it.
1: You know, if, if there was no DeMar DeRozan on the team, right, he could be the starter cuz he does have like that three point shot He's able to like create a little bit he has uh, he's a he's good rebounder again and the coast to coast attacks great defense
0: good defender yeah and, i mean he does a lot of things well
1: yeah like he is definitely a starter caliber player he's just on the on the bench cuz Demar DeRozan is ahead of him right now in the rotation
0: what about Pascal Siakam and um Jacopoldo? i mean they look pretty good. Poldo finally missed a shot today in the there, <laughs> which was like people were counting wondering if he's ever going to miss. Yeah. And Siakam, before his knee sprain, well, his bruised knee, some called a sprain, some called a bruise. It's just he's likely out for the rest of the summer league. He's in pain. He, he looked pretty good, though, before, prior to being in pain. He looked pretty good. A lot of energy out of him. He rebounded the heck out of the ball, and he's just, he looks like somebody who's annoying to play against.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of. A power forward that can't shoot, and he can't shoot. You know, this is just like basically our Jared Sullinger idea, but he's taller, better rebounder, or maybe not even better rebounder, probably like equal rebounder. I don't know, man. I'm just low. I'm low on anybody that can't shoot the ball. I don't like Ricky Rubio.
0: <laughs> I'm not a Ricky Rubio fan either. I think he's <laughs> extremely overrated.
1: Yeah, I just don't like people that can't shoot. You know, they just, I don't see. <clears throat> I just don't see how they contribute to like a, a good team. Unless you're a center. If you're a center you can get away with not shooting because you're around the rim like ninety percent of the time, so you don't need to shoot anyways.
0: Yeah, which is you're okay then, like but even centers now in the NBA, you kinda gotta shoot. Yeah. You gotta have you a gotta little feel stretched out.
1: Even Andre Bogut has his little floaters man.
0: Yeah. Um I guess we call this a little bit of breaking news here. The Raptors, according to Blake Murphy have agreed to terms on a multi-year deal with Fred Van Fleet. It's a partial guarantee he'll be at camp with the team. So this happened at Summer League. He's there at Summer League right now. So I don't know if you're familiar with Van Fleet, but he was a pretty damn good player at Wich- Wichita State. Okay. You
1: don't, you don't watch
0: college ball much, nope. eh? <laughs> uh, okay, basically, to give you like the Colesville's version of him, he's a guard he played with Ron Baker who the two of them kinda of became these legends at Wichita State. They led the Shockers to a lot of very, very good seasons. They were undefeated for one of them. Um he's just like a floor general out there. He can fill the cup up pretty well. He's you know, he's a good distributor. He's at the NBA level he's adequate at everything. Yeah. I think like Corey Joseph. Think a poor man's Corey Joseph, if I if I was to kinda of summarize him. He shoots the ball all right. I mean, thirty I think he was high thirty percent in college from three, so that's something that he'll obviously have to work on. Really, though, he's he's just a body. Like, he's a camp body who could potentially develop into a solid backup guard.
1: Yeah, but so. like I have so many guards on this team. You know, I have DeMar DeRozan, Powell, DeLon well, Wright.
0: Now you so. might have four point guards.
1: Yeah, and then I also have Lowry. Like, I just have so many guards. I don't know what to do with all so these guards. I
0: also have Terrence Ross on the team. Yeah, let's think big picture here. Kyle Lowry's a free agent next year. Oh,
1: so are they trading them? Because I would, I would not be upset if they traded uh, DeRozan or Lowry. They're probably gonna. They might trade Lowry, or they might just let him go in free agency.
0: Yeah, and then maybe trade Terrence Ross and DeLon Wright for some pieces. I, I don't know. But then That's like That just leaves big Joseph
1: with uh, our man Van Fleet at five foot ten, man, <laughs> man, the point guard position.
0: We never said he's gonna start, okay? Like he's gonna play in there, but he's. He's an interesting signing, but at the same time, I just think when you look at it, the Raptors, like you just said, are stocking up on guards. It's a guard league. Maybe they're hoping one of these guys pans out and they can move him for pieces. Not
1: all of them get to play, though, so how would you even know?
0: I mean, this is a guy they could put in the 905. Yeah, kind of I thrive there.
1: guess so. Yeah, but then, you know, if he, is, like, if he breaks out in the 905, then he still has to play over three other guards, or at least two other guards to get significant minutes, so... All right, it's like, yeah. I know, it, it sounds like a great idea and concept. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to stack up all these guards, right? And if they're good, they're good. But, like, how do you even know if they're good if you never get to play two of them?
0: Well, I think this is the last guard they're bringing in. Because, like we were just saying, how many more can they bring in?
1: All right, so, all right I'm, not, I'm not upset at it, man. I'm just...
0: Me neither. I thought it was just an interesting piece of news. Because Van Fleet was, in certain parts of, you know, middle America, he is kind of a folklore legend in college basketball. Just because of the way him and Ron Baker were at Wichita State. They they brought little old Wichita State up to be this perennial top twenty five ranked team and that, that gets huge merit from them. Yeah. No, the thing
1: is about you know, Saiyajiri is really good at picking picking up like young talent. That's yep. is one of his probably his best attribute as a GM. Him and like Sam Pressi are very good at that.
0: Very good. Very good. They always get they always they never seem to whiff on young guys that other teams would just be like, uh, eh they'll scoff at them and just kind of overlook them. Yeah,
1: they're at least good, you know? Yep. All right. So Any what, other
0: thoughts on Summer League?
1: Oh, oh, Michael. Ben Simmons, bro. Are you seeing the passes?
0: Tell me your money. Yes. Oh, buddy. Ben Simmons has been filthy. He, that's, but this is things that we saw in college and now he's thinking of better players. Yo, it's just like, this is amazing.
1: He is going to... Yo. I'm not even joking. This guy is going to... I honestly believe he's going to be a superstar player.
0: Like, oh, without question. This
1: guy... I'm watching him pass the ball. Like only, you know, point guards make those passes. But you know who else makes those passes?
0: Yeah, you're gonna say LeBron James. LeBron
1: James makes those passes, and this guy <laughs> looks exactly—he like plays exactly like LeBron. He even doesn't—he's got the
0: same body, same body. Similar he's body.
1: taller than LeBron. Right. His de-
0: the only thing that
1: is a problem right now is his defense is absolute, like just like what I don't know what he's. He looks disinterested. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. And he has a, he has the tools to do so because he's pretty fast. You know he's got the he's got oh, the arms, too. yeah. So lateral quickness, getting the stance. I think he could be really good on defense. Plus he's also six ten, so that's pretty good too. So he'd probably be good or, be good defending the rim.
0: I and, think he'll fix that.
1: Yeah, and then just the jump shot, man. If I can even just get mid rangers from him, like seriously, a superstar player. I would if I'm Sam Press or not Sam Pressy. If I'm Sam Hinckley, I'd be pissed. Absolutely.
0: Well BS. maybe he was right. This is what he was like his whole plan, right? <laughs> yeah, but tank he's... tank tank until you get number one.
1: Yeah, but he's not the GM anymore. He had to resign.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's Brian Calangelo.
1: Absolute BS, bro.
0: Okay, what about D'Angelo Russell and his over the top celebration for hitting a three what? in summer league?
1: Ice in my veins slash I shoot heroin all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. His selling was ridiculous, man. I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, dude, you're in summer league just I know it's a big shot, it's a game winner. L.A. is only three hours away from Vegas, so I'm sure a lot of Lakers fans were there. The lower bowl was filled up, but you know, yeah, are still in summer league, man.
1: <laughs> the you know, it was a pretty good game. I watched it most of it because I want to see Ben Simmons play because I like like the way he plays so much. Um, yeah, the his jump shot it looks bad, dude. Like just the form on it is just it's so bad. Shoot,
0: it's erratic. It's everywhere.
1: Just like jumps straight up and like he kind of just like flings his hands forward, to shoot the ball. I don't know. I don't. Hopefully they fix that because he's not a good shooter at all. And that is his form is definitely contributing to him being a bad shooter,
0: without question. And <laughs> I hate to harp on his post game here because I know he's still a kid and everybody always backs him up and the whole snitchgate thing and all that, but. Did you see when he was talking to the reporter at the end of the game and he oh, asked man, him how he it in his response? You know,
1: the, his problem right now in the, is going to be maturity. I think that's, like, a serious problem for him.
0: Serious problem, especially being in L.A. where the media is just all yeah, the time on the Lakers. all over him.
1: He, the, yeah.
0: They need to get, like, some
1: sort of a veteran guy there just to, like, so not even calm him down, but just, like, to show him the way. He needs a Yoda.
0: He needs to be babysat for a little bit, dude. Let's be honest here. Like, he's going to get the Des Bryant treatment in Dallas where they had to have security around him all the time and, you know. Somebody there to mentor him, it's just, <laughs> just, they got their work cut out with him. Talent's there. talent's all there, but he's got a lot of head case issues he's got to resolve.
1: Talon is a great mentor for him would actually be James Johnson. Like,
0: well, him, that can happen, though, but yeah. No, he's he only be, there.
1: He's only in Miami for one year, dog. He can make it to the Lakers.
0: By then, though, if you're the Lakers, you expect to take steps forward in progression where you don't want to be still rebuilding, you know? In the Lakers' minds, they're getting Durant and Westbrook. not getting year.
1: Durant. They're
0: I know they're not but don't tell Lakers fans that in their minds they're thrilled that this whole league they're getting
1: Westbrook for sure yeah they're not getting Westbrook they
0: They think they're gonna have D'Angelo Russell Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant they would have to
1: trade D'Angelo to get Russell they'd have to trade D'Angelo and probably Ingram probably Larry Nance they'd have to trade a lot of people man I don't if I'm the Thunder and I'm trying to trade away Westbrook Asking for a king's ransom.
0: Of course, I mean, look what they got for a Baca. I would expect nothing less than a king's ransom.
1: Exactly. Maybe like even, if they
0: ripped off the magic, then they could do it again.
1: Maybe even give Boston a call, even though that that seems like playing with fire. Danny Age. Yeah. Danny Age
0: is a shifty,
1: shifty GM.
0: Yeah, Danny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's, oh, man, he's, he's shifty. Like... That is like the best way to describe it, Man, I've never he's never lost a trade, and if he has probably just, like, um, surmounted it with subsequent trades. Like, he just, like... This is true. he's absolutely kidnapped the Nets' future.
0: Well, he's armed with all their picks now coming up, so it's kind of like, uh, what do you want? Yeah, it, you want three first-rounders here? Oh, my goodness, dude. That Brooklyn first-round pick next year, unprotected that they own, mm-hmm. is going to be the key to everything at the trade deadline. That's
1: why the, the Nets are really making a push to sign all these other players, because they're... They're gonna lose the pick anyway, so they're just trying to be good.
0: Yeah, that whole city, like of New York, right now. When you look at Manhattan, where the Knicks play, and Brooklyn, where the uh, the Nets play, it's an albatross. They have both have bad teams. They have no assets in terms of like picks or even like cap space to make moves. They're just they just suck. They just are what they are. Yeah, they got Derrick Rose. That's though. Bad for his fan bases. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to hear another Knicks fan, man. Like you're not gonna be good. They Knicks got Derrick Rose. Real. And you also, Derrick Rose is also like one of the worst defensive point guards in the league. And Joakim Noah is no better at center. And you guys have watched Melo play for years now, so you know what you're getting out of that. Mm -hmm. Just don't ruin the zinger, you know. Just don't ruin him.
1: He ends up playing center.
0: I hope he ends up getting traded. Maybe (laughs) won't happen, but the the Knicks being good would be good for basketball. Obviously, it's a huge market. The NBA wants something like that, but yeah, the Lakers too. I just I just don't see it happening anytime soon.
1: me neither, which is unfortunate, sort of. I don't really like the Lakers. Lakers fans come at me.
0: I'm not afraid. (laughs) I'm not afraid. Listen, Lakers Nation is sleeping right now. Yeah. But once they're good again, they're going to (laughs) come out in full force, man. They're a big bandwagon team.
1: Ah man. We'll see.
0: Hollywood, all the flair. They'll come out when they're ready. They'll come back when they're ready. They're on the beach right now, man. They're surfing. Yeah, what do you want from them? I can't
1: watch their basketball teams, man.
0: <laughs> no, you can't. It's god awful. Yeah, the Clippers are all right.
1: Yeah, the Clippers are okay. You know,
0: until they play the Warriors. Summer
1: league, the Brandon Ingram dude looks like like physically just looks like Kevin Durant. Like he looks like a stick figure on the court,
0: minus all the shooting and everything that Durant has. Yeah, that's
1: why I but, said just like physically.
0: Oh no, yeah, I totally agree. Physically, he's he's kind of like he, he kind of looks like Gumby, Man. He does make Durant look. Thick, yeah. if that's possible.
1: He yeah, um, could shoot though, which I appreciate.
0: Yeah, he was good at Duke. He had some some great games at Duke. but
1: could Shoot, and he has a ton of tattoos.
0: Tons, which is like a common thing now. <laughs> I feel like it's a prerequisite in the league. Does it have a
1: ton of tattoos? I mean, every every sports league has you have a lot of tattoos. I think except for hockey.
0: Nah, some hockey guys got a lot of tattoos too. A lot of sleeves in hockey. You just don't see it, right? Because they're all covered up. That's true. But, but guys like Tyler Sagan, Brent Burns, they got, they got a lot of tattoos. Even Tim Duncan. Yeah, even Tim Duncan, the most wholesome player, arguably, of our generation.
1: Yeah, he has a huge back tattoo of like a, pan- yeah. it's like a panther or something.
0: Well, Kevin Durant has tattoos. He's got the business tattoos.
1: Yeah, all under his, like, uh, his jersey. His
0: jersey, yeah. Yeah, so nobody's safe. Yeah. Everybody's tattooed.
1: <laughs> even Lionel Messi.
0: Sorry, sheltered white parents. Oh. Everybody has tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is. I always get a good chuckle out of that. Yeah. That, well, how's that gonna look when you're older? I'm like yeah, it's just Everybody has
1: some sort of tattoo at this
0: point. Everybody. Well, on that note I think we'll wrap this up here. Yeah. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. As always, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at Tip of the Tower. You can leave us a review on there as well you know let me and demar know how we're doing also on the other shows let ryan let all of us know how we're doing if you want to reach out to us on twitter you can reach out to us at tip of the tower you can also reach out to us on facebook at tip of the tower you can reach myself on twitter at Crystal you can reach demar on twitter at demar j grant and thank you guys for listening enjoy debating the signing of jared Sullinger and the farewell of james johnson take care after your